that uh, we've said from early on that um, we want to be a, uh, from, from even when we began worship over 10 years ago, that we always have said that we want to be a church planting church. Uh, that was, we took steps of faith. Gabe, you can go ahead and come on up. Uh, as we took steps of faith, uh, we wanted to be uh, all about the mission of God. So from the very beginning, our church has been supporting uh, various church plants. Uh, you know, obviously we, we support some missionaries, but we wanted to, to plant uh, churches in the Boston area. And then we've also, in the recent years, as we've, so we've taken the, the, the Christ the King Church Planting Network, as you'll recall, many different uh, congregations and pastors represented with that. Uh, we no longer have that network, but we've now started uh, a few years back what is called the New England Church Planting Network. And that is, uh, you know, a, an endeavor with our local presbytery of uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island, and then the northern states of New England to try to recruit people to come up and be a part of, of planting uh, churches like ours that are hopefully uh, faithfully proclaiming the gospel in different pockets all around New England, whether those are urban or those are out in the rural areas or in the suburban areas, wherever, that we would be all about trying to uh, and you know, initiate and see that continue to flourish. So we continue to pray for that. We continue to, uh, as a church, uh, contribute financially to that. And uh, this morning, I wanted you guys to just catch a vision for what that looks like. Uh, it was a dozen years ago that uh, there was a, a, a definitely a, a younger-looking couple that moved up from North Carolina with three kids, turned into four kids, and started this church. And so I'm really thrilled that Gabe, when I found out he was moving up from North Carolina, I'm like, all the more, you know, he has it right there. But Gabe and his wife Jennifer, who are here with their four kids, they recently moved up from North Carolina. Gabe is a PCA pastor like myself. And uh, I'll let him share some more about kind of what they're doing. But he's originally from Springfield, Mass. And so for the next uh, season, they're going to be located there. And uh, they're, they're trying to help with that whole endeavor that we're committed to, which is seeing Christ's kingdom grow and seeing people unfolded into that uh, through the power of his spirit and the gospel. So Gabe's going to bring God's word and also give us kind of a, a window into what he's going to be doing while, uh, while he's here in New England. So we're, we're welcoming you. We're grateful. I'm going to hand you this mic. here with you all. Can you hear me? Yeah, I grew up in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, and we moved away um, as a family when I was about 13, and had never heard the gospel. And so we moved to Tampa, Florida, and it was there that I heard the gospel, and Fellowship of Christian Athletes is actually in the public school. I was converted and saved, um, went away to college, joined RUF, and grew in my faith. And we had planned for many years to do missions work. Um, and the Lord has its has his ways. Um, finding out that Springfield and Western Mass is one of the most unreached places in all of America. Uh, that they're, it's the most unchurched region. And it was like Springfield, Holyoke. And just kind of like, ah, oh, that's where I grew up. And uh, never thought I'd bring my family there uh, to bring them back. And as we... We arrived, it was unanimous for the family in making our decision. Um, everyone was on board to move back to Springfield, Massachusetts, share the gospel with the lost there, and see if the Lord would have us plant either in that city or in the surrounding areas. So we're thankful for the New England Church Planning Network, thankful for uh, an opportunity to reach the lost with the gospel. Uh, many in New England, I was proof that hadn't heard it, uh, found out about Adam and Eve after I was converted to Christ. 
that's how secularized um, I was. Just didn't know, uh, but still had a respect for the Bible. And so um, would you pray with us that um, God would be pleased to use us and our family, uh, our children, uh, um, all professing Christians to reach um, the Springfield and the greater Western Massachusetts area. Okay, can I say one more thing yes. about that? If you want to learn more, I post, I actually put on the back of the order of service uh, a link that is where you can find out more about their family, their work. I'm sure there's a place to sign up for their newsletter to pray for them. And if you want to even contribute to partner with them financially, I put a little URL in the back of the order of service so that you can find out more. You can obviously grab, grab it after the service. But I wanted to, to make mention of that because... Because they are, you know, taking the step of faith like we did uh, to, to see, you know, to see a work flourish and to, to take off. But you have to have outside support to do that. So we're grateful to partner. Thank you for that. Our passage this morning is coming from Matthew chapter 12. If you turn with me there in your copy of God's word. We're looking Two things, seeing and hearing, that Christ is our prophet and king, opens our eyes and our ears that we may see him for all that he is and find salvation in him. This is God's holy, inspired, inerrant word. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him saying, teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let's pray one more time. Our Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that as you have sent it, as it is your word that you will do what you have accomplished, what you have purposed it for. Would you bless our hearts? Would you open our hearts to see the Lord Jesus through faith? We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. You know, many say seeing is believing. And that if they can't see it or touch it, they don't believe. And as a former science teacher, I would challenge students is like, wait, would you just take a second and just think back? Did you see that statement, seeing is believing? Or is that a heart commitment that you have by faith? And after spending some time of going through like seeing and believing, it's apparent that that even that statement that you can only believe what you see is really a statement of blind faith. It is a statement that is rooted in a philosophy. And yet here we see in this passage that the scribes and Pharisees aren't yet holding that position. But they do ask the Lord Jesus for a sign. 
This is after he's done so many different signs. The Gospel of Matthew is written to show the Lord Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he does this many times through signs. And here they're asking for yet another one. And what this reveals is not just their heart, but it really reveals our heart. You know, the scriptures are written for us to also place ourselves in the story of its people, of the people in there. And if you've ever struggled with doubt and unbelief, or just let me see another sign. Well, this passage speaks of me and it speaks of you. Our hearts are hardened. We can see, 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 hear, 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 and yet still walk in unbelief. But you know, God has sent his son, the Lord Jesus, the perfect prophet, priest, and king, to do what you and I cannot do in our own strength. And that's see and believe, hear and repent. These are gifts of God, and we need the Lord Jesus to do this work in us. And so we're going to see that in two points. Christ is the one who gives us sight. You know, they said, we wish to see the sign. But he answers them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. You know, that's where humanity's at. Humanity starts off after the fall. It was good. But after Adam disobeyed, all of humanity coming from there is evil. And so if you're ever going to understand anything about Christianity and the Gospels, you have to start off with evil. That you are evil. That God is good. You were created good. But that everything you look at in life, apart from Him, is coming from a place of evil. We're not neutral with God. It's not that we don't have enough evidence. You know, creation itself reveals God as our designer. It reveals His glory. We can see from looking at nature that he's eternally powerful and he's something completely different than human, that he's divine. It is evident to humanity. But what we do is we suppress the truth. We hide it. We stop the sound of it. We close our eyes to see the sight of it. And that's our heart position. And the Lord Jesus has wonderful, gentle words throughout the whole Bible. But he also has real down-the-earth words for where you really are. And it's clear and it's truthful. He says about his own people and an evil and an adulterous generation. And he says this about the world. That the whole world has gone astray. The whole world is evil. Not only evil but adulterous. We are quick to believe and cheat on God. And instead of taking his word for truth, we will take every other single way of trying to find help and trying to find truth. We'll go to self-help books. We will follow false religions and false philosophies. And the whole time, God is speaking clearly, talking to us through his creation, that he's our creator. And then he's done more. He speaks to us through his word. His love letter to his people, showing that the word of God, Jesus, came to this earth to bring us back. We are an evil people, an adulterous people, which is why we need a prophet greater than Jonah. And it says, 
No sign given to it except for the sign of the prophet Jonah. Now Jonah is one of the earliest um, prophets. He prophesies and reaches out to the Assyrians. He's, if you know the story of Jonah, he actually didn't want to go because he hated his enemies in the north, the Assyrians. They were north of his country, Israel, and they continually would do raids. They would conquer the people. They would do horrible things um, to the inhabitants of Israel. And he did not want God to show mercy to them. You know, but he is called a prophet. And a prophet is one who speaks for God. That what they say is actually God's words. And God is reaching out to the Ninevites, as evil and as wicked as they are. And we can put ourselves in this place. We don't have a righteous ground to stand on against the Ninevites. But God is bringing his prophet Jonah to them, that they may turn from their sin. And even though the prophet is reluctant, God has his way. And he goes, and he preaches. And he is thrown overboard when he's asked to find his identity. Um, the storm is going through. And um, if you know the story, God is pushing Jonah to do what Jonah is called to do. And so he's in a boat with unbelievers. He wants to keep quiet about who he is and what he's called to do. And yet God would have none of it. And he's thrown out of the boat. A large fish swallows him. And he's three days and three nights. And it says when he comes out, he actually is spit out. So somehow it maybe travels through the river or wherever, goes from the sea to the river. And he is spit out on land. And he preaches the shortest message, repent, turn from sin, turn to God. And there's a, a city-wide repentance. He preached repentance from their sin. And that word means to turn away. Right? For us to repent, it's turning towards faith in who Christ is and turning away from our sin. And the sign that the Lord Jesus says that the people of that generation are going to receive is no sign except the prophet of Jonah. That just as Jonah is three days and three nights in the belly of a fish, so Christ will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. It's speaking of his death and his resurrection. But he will be buried. Christ truly did die for sinners. And he was buried for three days and raised again on the third day. Our hearts are so evil. Our souls are so adulterous against the living God. That nothing but Jesus Christ coming in the flesh, the eternal Son of God taking on humanity, obeying God's law in your place, dying for your sins, is enough and would be enough to open your eyes to who He is. And so the Lord Jesus comes and dies. This sign, God in the flesh, there's no greater sign than Jesus. There's no greater miracle than God coming to the earth. There's no greater work in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And what he does is he sends his spirit from on high, using his word and its simplicity to open our hearts to believe. We would have miracle after miracle. We see all around us God's evidence of creation 
And instead of it's evidence of creation enough to draw us to him, it's actually, we just show that we're blind. We just make excuses for unbelief. And so God comes and came in his death, burial, and resurrection, sends his spirit to now take your dead heart and make it alive, raise you from the dead so that you can believe in the Lord Jesus. You see, faith is a gift of God earned by the Lord Jesus. The ability for your heart to be open to believe is a work of God. So if you believe, praise God. He's had mercy on you. It wasn't our great idea. And that means we have no right to boast against Ninevites, the Hebrews who reject them, or any other unbeliever. But you know what we can do? We pray. We pray for God to do a work in this, their heart. We know that the Lord Jesus has accomplished it. And just as Jonah, ashamed of who he was, knowing he's run away from the Lord, God now equips you, his church, who have been made and brought alive from the dead, to now speak for him. You know, the New Testament speaks about every person having some type of gift to serve in the church and also in the world. And just as uh, Jonah didn't want to talk and hide who he is, I kind of know what it is to be in an unbelieving world for quite a while and being hard to speak and stand up for who you are in Christ. You know, the Lord calls you to that, to take a stand, to put down your standard and say you belong to the Lord Jesus because he's opened your eyes. You've seen a greater sign than the, his miracles because you've seen by faith because he's opened your eyes to believe. Do you believe that? Do you know that to be true? If you're outside of Christ and you don't believe yet, know that it's not because of lack of evidence, but because you have an issue with God. Because like me, your heart is evil and we don't want to believe. That's our problem. And so what do you do? Listen to God's word. And praise God you're here if you're visiting and not yet a Christian. God's drawing you by his words. And Christian, do you know where the power is to bring a friend or loved one who doesn't know them? Yes, live your life right. But whose life is perfect enough to speak for the Savior? No one's. Not mine, not yours. And we are not commending ourselves anyway, are we not? We're commending the Lord Jesus. And so open the word of God with them. You know, there are so many people who've never opened the Bible. It's a scary book to them. It's a big book to them. They don't even know where to begin. But you know where to begin. So you could start them at Matthew. Start them at Genesis, start them at John. Be led by the Lord where you'd have them start, where your conversation moves. But open God's word. In the time that's right, invite them over your homes. You too, by the grace of God, can be used and will be used to reach your family, your loved ones, your coworkers, even your enemies with the gospel. Not only is Christ our greater prophet, but he is a greater king. Look at what it says. The queen 
of the south will rise up at judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. To hear the wisdom of Solomon. See, God chose his nation Israel. He chose this people to be a light to the world. We read that in Deuteronomy. That they would look, the nations around them would look and see how they lived and they would see the word of God and they would say, there's no God like your God who lives with his people. They'd see the different life. They'd see the written laws and they would know that there's one true God, the God of Israel. There's one way to approach him through the temple, Solomon's temple that he had built. There was a way of sacrifice, a way of purification and a way to fellowship with the living God. King Solomon in ancient Israel was a light, a little light, but he was a type of a light to bring in the nations all around him. And yet we see Israel actually doesn't do that thing that they were supposed to do, be a light to the nations. They actually show that they are just as wicked as the nations around them. Even with the presence of God and even with God's word, they turn from him. But God never lets up on his people. And so even as the nation of Israel fell, he still promised that one of the descendants of King David, so David and Solomon, then about 17 more kings, a period of a few hundred years, and then Jesus Christ comes from that Jewish line as the King of kings and the Lord of lords to bring not just the surrounding nations, but to bring the whole world, people from every nation, to bow the knee to the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's the work of the king, a king who is greater than Solomon. If the queen of Sheba, the queen of the south, comes to hear wisdom, you know, when someone comes to hear wisdom, they realize something about themselves, that they are foolish. You know, the Bible calls us to see ourselves like that. Apart from God, I would do something foolish. You know, at a young age, I learned about the moron factor. What is that? Well, that's when a teenager who normal, normally wouldn't do something stupid by himself, when he's with his friends, it just kind of increases. Our, it's our moron factor. We become more foolish around other people. And the Bible says that not just about teenagers, but actually even adults around nations, governments, people. It's when you're around other, other un unbelievers and you're not taking God's standard as your truth, we just increase in foolishness. What we can believe and what comes out of our mouth and how we see other people and what we think is right and wrong is always going to be against God apart from him. And so start there. Start with, yeah, apart from God, apart from his word, I'm foolish. I need wisdom. And that's why the Lord Jesus says you have to come to him like a little baby. And then you don't stay a baby. You come by faith, trusting him, saying, God, your word is authoritative, not because my mind has said it, but because there's no authority greater than you. Who else can say this is my word and is true? You must submit to it. Anyone else that'd be wrong. Only God can do that.
And only God does it in his word. He says it. His son attests to it. If you don't believe in certain things in the Bible, look at the life of Christ. I too came from a more scientific or secularized background. And then I start looking at the life of Christ and I'm like, Lord, I too am a fool. I'm sorry. Trying to come up with some reason why Jonah could be in the belly of the fish, trying to try to find some natural explanation for why this could happen or this could happen. But really it's unbelief. It's unbelief. It's us claiming to be wise the whole time, living foolishly. And you can see it in your own heart. And if you can, and God's opened your eyes to the wisdom that is found in the Lord Jesus alone, then be merciful to the one who's still stuck in darkness. But what do they need? They don't need your great human arguments. Your fellowship and companionship is always welcomed. Certainly be that. But the greatest need they have is to be taught the wisdom of God. It's found in the word of God. And you can open it with them. May God use you to do that. But may he first use you to live that out. That's me and that's you. We need to hear from the wise king. We need our eyes open and our ears unplugged so we can hear God's word. So that means you read the word of God even when you don't feel like it, especially when you don't feel like it. You hear the word of God when you don't feel like getting up in the morning on the Lord's day to come to church, when you don't feel like listening in family worship as you men or single moms leading your households in family worship as you read the Bible together. We need to hear God's word. And we are always coming as children under God's word. That's our place. And this word is going out. Instead of people just coming in, God saves the people, renews them, gives you ears to hear, and then sends you out to reach the lost from every tongue, tribe, and nation. Because that's what King Jesus is doing as he's risen and has been <laughs> risen for almost 2,000 years, sitting on his throne, a throne of David, which when he returns in glory, every eye will see, every knee will bow, and everyone will confess that he's the king, that he is the Lord of lords, and that he is the king of all kings. You see, the children of Israel had the greatest sign they could ever have. And they still didn't believe. God in the flesh. But God did bring many Jewish people and Gentile people to himself, and he's still doing it. And there's now a greater amount of Christians in the earth than there was when Christ first came. And he's still spreading. And Massachusetts is his. All the earth is his. The nations could fight against him. They could try to say, let's, you know, let's free ourselves from his restrictions. But God is at peace. The King of Kings is ruling and glory. He has you. He sought you. He found you. He opened your heart. He opened your eyes. He let you see and believe and hear. 
so you can praise him for his mercy and so you could spread his fame and speak of the one who opened your eyes that you may see and who unplugged your ears that you may hear the glorious gospel that Christ died for your sins, that he was buried, that he rose again from the dead so that you could be righteous through faith in him alone, accepted, adopted as his family, wise now in Christ, holy in Christ, now able to speak for him and have your lips purified because you're in Christ. Praise God for his great salvation. And if you're outside of Christ, you need only call yourself the blind one, the foolish one, the unbelieving one. Confess your, yourself a sinner. Believe that he died for your sins, that he's buried and rose again. And call on him. The scriptures say, for whosoever calls, whosoever, anyone who calls upon the name of it means they know who Jesus is as the Son of God, the name of the Lord, will be saved. You need only call upon him. Tell, your, tell him what he knows about you and what you know about you. You're a sinner on the way to hell. But that the Lord Jesus took hell for you on a cross and has risen from the dead. May that be so for you. If you have any questions about the gospel or any questions about the scriptures or any parts that are hard to believe, Let's definitely talk or talk to your pastor, Troy. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your son, the Lord Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the eternally wise God. Thank you for him. Thank you that he opened our eyes that we would believe. Thank you for saving us, saving us from our own foolish hearts and desires. Lord, we would have wrecked our lives apart from you. And yet you, Lord, seek the foolish and the blind. Thank you. Lord, we pray for any who don't know you, that today would be the day that they call upon you. We pray, Lord, for our lost family and friends. We ask, Lord, you'd open our lips to proclaim your praises, to proclaim and tell of how you delivered us from darkness. We ask this in a name that is above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.